fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Hayden. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final tight end is in for the Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive. I'm saying this week's episode, like we're only doing one a week. Today's episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal, feeding and beating and breeding fantasy wolves. We're your lead blocker. We're paving your way to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy titles, any other fantasy-related superlative you want to throw in there. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Rotor Street himself, climbing the ladder to be the most accurate fantasy guy out there. I'm going to ask him to you know, blow a little smoke up his own ass in a minute and tell you guys what's going on with that. <laughs> but we're switching things up a little bit. This is usually the time where we do our fantasy preview week. We talk about who we're higher on or who the Wolf's higher on, lower on, who he's got some Hail Marys for. You guys always love that. And we hit the mailbag. We're actually going to switch it up. The Wolf wanted to throw a curveball. We're going to do some strength of schedule, some guys that you should look at that maybe have an easy way the rest of the way in, especially concentrating on the playoffs at every position. All right, there's my long-winded intro. Wolf, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, man. Absolutely. And, and indeed, blow some smoke up my ass. Was thrilled to wake up at, you know, middle of the school day, see top five right now in the rankings competition. Good Unbelievable. First year in and, and top five, I'm loving it. Like, obviously, I want to be humble. I'm surrounded by some absolute beasts in the industry, some guys I've had on the podcast, too, like Fitz. Uh, Pat Fitzmorris, the football girl, he he's unbelievable. He's number one. He's crushing it. Had him on on the show this summer, and, and what a great guy too. So it's it's unbelievable what he's doing. It's great competition. It's, it's just nice to not necessarily validating, but just like awesome to be in this company, and also of course to be in the top five certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, and it's introduced us to some new followers and things of that nature. So really exciting stuff. Uh, validating in the sense of all the work we put in to see it actually paying off too, and then top five accuracy. I'm thrilled, man. So that that was pumped uh, pumped up number one, and pump up number two is as you mentioned, new show this week because trade deadlines are about to hit, and this is kind of your last like ditch effort here as fantasy owners to make that push. Of course, there'll be like one or two waiver wire heroes to take over and dominate down stretch runs. But really, trades, this is like the one last big swing roster construction move you can make uh, in order to change your, your fantasy fortunes. One of the biggest you know factors going into that, we've already talked a lot about expected fantasy points. We love that. A great article by Jackson Barrett every single week on our site. Uh, great report to the stats that go with it all. But also strength of schedule, knowing the easiest rest of season, but also the easiest playoffs too if you're in win now mode how can you gear up more for weeks 14 through 16 we're going to cover all that position by position give you the easiest five names hardest five names both for rest of season both for playoffs so i'm thrilled to dive in deep with this i think it's going to be a really useful show and if you agree and you're, you're out there watching and you don't mind giving us a thumbs up uh that would mean the world to us get us out to more people uh help more wolves get fed and bread. Uh, and of course we will always wrap up with our mailbag, which has gotten to record levels these last few weeks, like hour long mailbags. And I love it. I'm yeah. ready to talk fantasy all day, but, uh, it's great. So we will of course hit all your questions and all that good stuff, uh, towards the end of the broadcast. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you said not exactly validation when you were talking about that. I, I, I kind of think it's validating yeah. I mean, and you know, and all the other stuff you said too, and you are surrounded by, 
you know, giants of the industry of which eventually you slash we are going to join them. I'm yes. pretty convinced. How many people are in this thing that you're fourth in right now? It's uh, I want to say at least 250. Like yeah, it, it's a lot it, of people. It grade a lot of experts. Yeah. So it, it is uh, extremely exciting to be one of the tops. And again, uh, among some of these names that you see is just crazy. So it's I, I never thought, you know, my first year in it, uh, it's obviously not our first year doing the site, but only a few years in and now my first year in the competition, like it's just, it's amazing. It really is a great feeling. Now I just got to defend the turf, stay top five and yep. hopefully keep on that climb, baby. It's been, it's who, been a great run though. Really thrilled about who, it. We should maybe drive by whoever number three house is like late at night with our interior <laughs> lights on really slowly at like three in the morning. Just, just howl outside their windows. Just like let them know we're coming. there. Let them know know we're aware of the situation. We're not exactly. What's that weird howling going outside my window? It's certainly not an animal. It sounds like a human imitating one. 1977 Impala's driving by at six (laughs) miles an hour. The one with no hubcaps. Exactly. The Rotor Street Journal. We should get a Rotor Street Journal mobile at some point. At some point, we got to buy a car and paint it in RSJ colors, put the logo on it, and just kind of cruise it around town. Would be beautiful stuff. That would be great. (laughs) Anyway, um, we'll we'll call that for when we when we move into an office building. That might be one of our first purchases. Let's get down into the quarterback market and let's talk about who's got an easy rest of the season schedule. I'm going to read you five guys or five teams, we should say. I mean, and some of these have obvious quarterback starters, of course. It, the interesting thing about these lists is that you're not going to see these and automatically be like, oh, I need a piece of that. This is right. just, this is more information, you know, and you're going to see why as soon as I read this list. Easiest schedule the rest of the way for quarterbacks is the dynamic duo from Chicago, of Nick Foles and uh, Mitch Trubisky. You say to yourself, easiest schedule, man, I want some of that. Now, nah, you probably still don't. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. Maybe if you're waiver streaming something like that and, and you know, Ty goes to one of these guys in that situation. Number two, Brady and the Bucks. Number three, Locke and the Broncos. Number four, Philly and Wentz. Number five, the Giants and Daniel Jones. You know, other than Brady, not that many of those that exciting. Maybe Philly. I don't know. I kind of think Carson Wentz might suck. Yeah, I really nobody <laughs> that intriguing on this list, which is unfortunate because you'd love to see it. And when we go in the hard list, it's yeah, all you want everybody. Things. You want, you them want all. everybody on the hard <laughs> list. And of course, you know, there's so many factors that go into it in the sense of just because these guys are on the hard list, it, it's so obvious, but just goes without saying because Rodgers is the hardest schedule doesn't mean you're going to be swapping him for like Nick Foles because he has the easiest ever. There's some common sense that goes into this. This is certainly not like the end all be all just because this guy has an easier hard schedule. We have to overreact, but it can inform our buy low sell highs. And honestly, in, in two QB leagues, super flex leagues, you know, Foles and, and, and or pro, I'd rather it be Trubisky because he at Me least too. can run a little bit. Uh, some of these guys are still going to be relevant. And even if they're on your waiver wires right now, you mentioned Brady, obviously the, the top guy on this list and also intriguing because he came off that complete Sunday night dud this week. I so, mean, you know, I think six fantasy points. I and know that this isn't on the agenda, but we're going to have to talk about this. At some point. <laughs> that was just an absolute smashing. Uh, ridiculous. Never seen Brady like, get his just complete ass beat like that. At he least it like he was far older than 43 in that game. Seriously, I don't know what the fuck happened. Because even when like he'd go down 28 nothing as a Pats fan, I remember like a 49ers no, game. You were like, that's all right. We're fine. We'll we're be okay. This is at least going to be a competitive game. 
No. Right. Exactly. I mean, talk about the freaking Super Bowl, right? Like, you know, against sure. the Falcons, right? Uh, so I, I was shocked to see it just continue. Well, we I both called the Bucks on the show like five minutes before the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good <laughs> prediction. I think everybody was, though. The the Sunday night crew had all Bucks predictions. Nobody saw that coming. Um but that's all leading to the fact yeah. that Brady is not in his owner's good graces right now. Uh, maybe they've ignored right now that his schedule is a complete cakewalk moving forward, uh, in which case you have to capitalize. Because we're going to talk about the easiest playoff schedules, too. Brady's right up there with that as well. Um, and he just gets, again, the pure green light matchups. Only Foles has an easier matchup. So if his owner uh, – I've seen a lot of leagues where his own, like Brady's on the bench now because of that game. Um, maybe because the quarterback is deep. So he could be had, I bet, for nothing too, too expensive. Um, again, because quarterback is such a deep position, two quarterback leads would be different. He'd be the guy that I would be hammering hard to get after right now. Just to tell you the matchups that he has coming up. Um, we have the Carolina Panthers and Rams. Nothing too special there. Those are both red matchups. Kansas City. Points factory game script there by week and week 13. It's really the playoffs when he gets Minnesota. At I like buying low on Brown. I think he makes total sense uh, from this list. Otherwise, uh, you mentioned Wentz is like he's had some pretty big days. Um, but he also yeah. has had some pretty horrible days like the Giants on Sunday Night Football. What something about Sunday Night Football, right? These last Whoa. few games. It's it's kind of he seems like he's fallen into the category. His fantasy numbers aren't terrible. He's right, but he seems like he falls into that category. There was so you obviously saw the the Patriots Jets game, which you. Oh. I mean, as a Patriots and Brady fan, this must have been a difficult week for you to, to kind of yeah. digest. So I ended up winning my game by one point on the Patriots defense against the Jets. I mean, I thought I'd yeah. get like fifteen. I got two, and that's exactly what I needed to win. So it was it was touch and go for a while. But I remember at one point, I have a buddy who's a Cam Newton fan from the Carolina days. And I remember I was watching Newton the whole, I don't know, first half, maybe going up to the third quarter. And I mean, he just looked terrible. He looked like he didn't know how to pass the football. Looked awful. And then you saw his stat line. He was like 17 for 18. Yeah. And I was like, it's kind of like we talked about before. I know what I saw. Yeah. I know what I saw. And with Wentz, it's the same thing. He might be putting up some fantasy numbers, but when I'm just watching him and I don't know the numbers, it it doesn't look good to me. No. Well, I mean, same with you? Indeed. But at the end of the day, right, but then the, gets numbers 25 are the fantasy numbers. points. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I don't get my fantasy points because of the the quality of the numbers. The numbers are just the numbers, baby. And, and Foles, I mean, uh, Wentz's have been pretty solid. The, the beginning games, he looked awful. Yeah. He, again, you said he's looked pretty awful for stretches of every single game this year. But after those first two games, 24, 22, 19, 29, 29, and That's then 11, this, this dud against Dallas on Sunday yeah. Night Football, uh, which probably left a, a bad taste in people's mouths. I've seen him on a lot of waiver wire. Uh, obviously, at this point, pickups are pretty much done but he might still be out there yeah he gets he gets a cakewalk and we've seen him put up good numbers now all his weapons are finally out there other than Ertz but is Ertz really a fucking weapon at this no. point uh no not at all I dropped him weeks ago as you should have right so we got Miles Sanders back this week Jalen Reger made a decent impression in his first game Goddard can get his legs under him uh, I'm really excited about Wentz with a full okay. weapons cabinet against some of these pathetic defenses coming forward. Uh, I think him, uh, Brady, obviously number one. 
Wentz number two, but but Drew Locke, you know, I, I will say out there in, in 15, out, you know, only 15% on entering this week. I know now it's about like 30% because a lot of bye week fill-ins for Mahomes and these guys that are that are off. Uh, but he also gets a cakewalk schedule after going 21 and 30 fantasy points his last couple games. Gets the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Saints, all three of them bottom 15 for, for points allowed against quarterbacks. Then he gets Kansas City, a good secondary, but still points need to happen against Kansas City. Uh, entering the playoffs, he gets Carolina, Buffalo, and the Chargers. Carolina's been a surprisingly good pass D. But other than that, uh, those other two, both bottom 15 matchups too. So between, I would say, you know, Foles, Chuck out, doesn't matter unless you're in a really deep super flex league. Daniel Jones, Chuck out, doesn't matter. Uh, again, unless you're in a really, really deep league. But then Locke, Wentz, Brady, and kind of like that three, two, one order right there uh, are, are somewhat intrigued because of how easy these schedules are. All right. Well, let's look real quick at rest of season hard because I'm about to bust out uh, a all-star team for you. Or do you want to go right to the playoff schedule? No, we'll go. Because- we'll, uh, we could go. Let's go easy first. Let's wrap up. Okay. The all right. Well, the easy playoffs, I mean, we, we touched on this. We don't have to go back to this, but Brady, uh, you know, not only is he easy the rest of the way in the season, I mean, he's number one in the playoffs. Then that's followed by uh, Justin Herbert. That's an intriguing one. This mm-hmm. guy, I believe he's the QB eight on the year, so, mm-hmm. or at least since he's been playing. Uh, then Foles again. Then he got Mahomes. Jeez. Uh, no one's getting rid of him if they've already got him. So ho- hopefully you're not playing him. And then Jared Goff rounds out the top five. Uh, to me, the one that really jumps out there is Herbert because yep. Brady we've already touched on. Mahomes is Mahomes. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if he had the hardest schedule. You'd still be rolling him out there. Yeah. And Herbert's an intriguing guy. You could see him maybe carrying some teams to a title. A hundred percent. I mean, he's been an absolute monster. I do want to look up exactly what quarterback he is since he took over. Uh, and in particular, since like there was like a Carolina game that wasn't great. And then since then, it, from week four on, 24, 27, 38, 23, 23 fantasy points. Hasn't been outside the top 12 uh, in any of those. It has been top three in three of those five games. I mean, the the guy is absolutely balling, um, and his his weapons are getting healthier at some point. Maybe for those fantasy playoffs, we get Austin Eckler back, which only helps him, especially because Eckler is maybe the premier receiving back in the league. Uh, The schedule, Atlanta in week 14, I mean, you can just – Pen in Justin Herbert for 40 points right there. Like Atlanta, Drew Locke just scored 30-something against them. So you know Herbert's going to do the same. Then the Raiders, again, not a great team at all in the, the secondary. And then Denver, who's bottom eight against the, the pass too. So all not a single bad matchup for Herbert. And if his if you own him, you're probably not trading him. But I've also seen, because he was a waiver wire pickup, uh, he's on a lot of benches on teams like I, I, the team in my league, for example, has Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert. He's never going to play Ooh. Justin Herbert. So maybe you could pry him away for like a, a low end wide receiver two or something of that nature. And maybe, maybe not. Maybe this like, I'd rather you not have him than, than give him up for nothing. But I can, you can get Justin Herbert, depending on your league, depending on who ended up picking him up. There's definitely a scenario where he could get uh, come for much cheaper than the production you're going to get in the playoffs. So I love him. Um, obviously, we mentioned Brady. And then, of course, Mahomes, I just thought was worth noting because sure. he's, of course, going to be just doing his freaking thing no matter what. Uh, but, but he gets Atlanta. <laughs> Anybody against Atlanta is always in- incredible. Um, his week 14, I just, let me pull up his schedule real quick. Um, I know his week 14 wasn't that juicy. It's, uh, here it is. Um, oh no, never mind. So Miami, nothing bad about that. 
then New Orleans, bottom eight uh, shootout style game, and then Atlanta in your championship. So if you if you make your championship uh, with Mahomes, and if you're facing Mahomes, God bless you, uh, against Atlanta in week 16, it, it, do whatever. There's a few players on this list that are like, do whatever you have to do to go get them. Mahomes would be that for, for the quarterback position. If there's a way you can sell the farm and go get Mahomes, you, you do that. So uh, just to clarify real quick, I looked up Herbert's stats while you were talking. He is the QB8, but that's generally tabulated by total points. As we know, he didn't mm-hmm. play the first week. So he, if you're talking average points per game, he's Absolutely. fifth. He's fifth. And, and one of those guys ahead of him is Dak Prescott. So <laughs> as far as healthy quarterbacks, he's fourth, which is Four. pretty good. I mean, the guys ahead of him, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Pat Mahomes. So Patrick, I'm Mahomes, sorry. All right, rest of schedule, uh, rest of season hard, um, and then we'll go to playoffs hard. And I mean, this is a, so rest of season hard. This is like a murderer's row of quarterbacks. Thirty uh, second, Aaron Rodgers. Thirty first, Jamal Murray. Thirtieth, Russell Wilson. 29th, Deshaun Watson. Twenty eighth, Joe Burrow. If you then go down to the playoffs, Watson on both lists. He actually has the hardest playoff schedule. Then you got Cam Newton. I don't imagine anybody starting him in the playoffs. Then Kirk Cousins. Then Roethlisberger. And then Tua. Uh, the rest of the season list, a lot more interesting to me on, on your playoffs list. You're probably not starting any of these guys. Maybe Roethlisberger, maybe if Tua does something amazing the rest of the way, maybe he sneaks in. But other than that, I mean, I don't know, Watson, maybe may, Watson may be like close enough to the cusp where like this horrible schedule that he's facing both in the playoffs and the rest of the season, that might be a reason to get off him. I think so, and that, that's what I was going to say. Of, of this entire list, uh, again, Rodgers and Kyler Murray. You said Jamal Murray over there. Don't just Did I say Jamal Murray? The number one player in fantasy right now. Jamal Murray? Come on. I said Get Jamal it together, Murray. Tree. I know you had basketball practice right before. I know. My head swing. I'm, I apologize if that's what I said. Kyler Murray, who is just a badass, by the way. Complete badass. We haven't talked about him enough. What a bad dude. He's second. Fucking bastard. Yeah. yeah, he is second hardest. But that, that's the thing is like I, the, the names on this list, you're not selling. You're not going to sell these guys ever. Uh, Rogers, Murray, Russell, Watson, Burrow, uh, other than maybe Watson, as you were saying, because he's been eating on a, a lighter schedule. You never know if and when that, that you know, Will Fuller has stayed you know, pretty healthy this entire year. That could just snap in a, the blink of an eye. He could be stretching one day and his hamstring could curl up into his body. So uh, I, I, Think Watson, especially if you have a decent backup option, the way he's been roasting, and he's going to roast the next couple weeks. So it depends on when your trade deadline is. A lot of this Saturday. Um, but if you could give him a week to cook again against Cleveland and a couple of these other easy matchups he has coming up and then sell him, go for it. Because it does start to get pretty tricky after these next two weeks. Um, so he's the only one on the list that I'm like, yeah, I would sell this guy based on the schedule. Otherwise, you're looking at some sheer studs. Burrow, I, I've seen out there in a lot of leagues. And this is maybe one of those things where it's like, yeah, go get him, I guess, because Burrow and he's looked really good. But in tougher matchups, he has not really risen to the occasion. As good as he's looked, even in tough matchups, the stats just haven't really been there. Um, so I, I, he's not a guy I'm sprinting out after he got right. cut in a lot of weeks uh, during his bye week. Um, and, and you just can't panic over Rogers, Murray, or Russell. It's just unfortunate that those guys aren't on the easy list for people who own them. Uh, sure instead of Foles and freaking Daniel Jones, like give that to Russell Wilson and let him cook. But those guys are going to still be great. Um, 
And if you could use that as some way to negotiate a way to get one of them, like, hey, man, Rogers has the hardest schedule. Like, right. and, this is just information. Use it right. or don't. But exactly, here it is. right. It's th- this is not that actionable. But in terms of the playoffs, um, you mentioned it. You know, Cam Newton. A lot of people. Do I still hold on to him? Kirk Cousins. No. Big Ben and two, like you're not starting any of these guys. Watson's the only one that's really like he's locked in as my quarterback one. Do I make a move about it? Maybe uh, because I could see his numbers really dropping off towards the end of the year if that inevitable fuller injury happens um, and and if the schedule is as tough as it's looking like right now. All right, let's go on to running backs. We're going to go easy rest of season and then we'll, we'll talk about easy playoffs and see if we have any crossovers there. Uh, David Montgomery and the Bears, the easiest schedule rest of the way. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not nope. starting. I don't care. I don't care who they're playing. I really don't. <laughs> um, um, and then you've got running back by committee of the Colts. And we've already talked about that, how we don't want any part of that. So you can kind of cross these two up the list. Third, you got Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. Um, this probably doesn't affect a whole lot that you're doing either, because this is like the Wolf said a couple weeks ago. This is your top guy. By the way, did you know there's three guys in fantasy that are averaging 65 yards rushing and a touchdown rushing for the season every game. And three guys? Three guys. Do you, you Any guesses? One's Dalvin Cook, obviously. So one, one's obviously Dalvin Cook. And you yeah. said 65 rushing, not total yards, right? No, 65 rushing and, and, a, and a touchdown. Uh, I would say Derrick yep. Henry. Henry's the second, yes. Uh, and then who else is rushing like a shitload right now? Uh I mean, like Kamara's obviously total yardage, so it's not him. He's a monster. Um, I, I don't fucking know off the top of my head who that would be. Oh, Kyler Murray. Oh, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Okay. You know how you were uh, talking about Kamara a couple weeks ago? How, oh, he's the, he's the wide receiver four or wide receiver eight or something. Yeah. Um, Murray's like the RB5 or something <laughs> or something like that. It's like it Lamar last year. Yeah. Right. Top 10 it it is. So anyway, I, I know I digress a little bit. It's just, I heard that stat and I was like, wow, I got to exactly. bring that up. Um, number crazy four. too with Kyler though. Like I know we are digressing. No, it's okay. I like talking about Kyler. But of course he's, he's the absolute monster. And we, we were a year too early. We were all in on this guy mm-hmm. last year and, you know, took a little year, didn't have the D hop weapon. And that's why we were like, yeah, get all back in there. I wish I had went a little bit harder in on him. I was still like on the wait for QB train. Uh, so I didn't get too much Kyler stock, unfortunately, but his seems more sustainable than Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, just long-term. Cause this dude has a great, like, if, he, if he wasn't running, he'd be putting up great stats. Cause his arm is incredible. Yeah, great um, arm. He throws outside the numbers. Unlike freaking Lamar, like literally does not throw outside the numbers at all. Um, even though he had some good passing stats last year, Lamar Jackson, like he's clearly getting exposed and I don't have that worry at all with Kyler Murray. So he's the man he's, he's got to be your number one dynasty quarterback. Like, him and maybe Russell Wilson and Mahomes, like those. I mean, you, know, Mahomes, you know, Mahomes. No, I don't. I don't want to hate on Mahomes, but yeah, I'm very impressed with Kyler Murray. He's right um, up there. Fourth on the running back uh, rest of season easy. We got DeAndre Swift and the Lions, eh, and then Derrick Henry and the Titans. Now you had alluded in a previous podcast about Henry's rest of the season and then playoffs. Henry mm-hmm. fifth for the rest of the way. But if we go to playoffs and look at that, the Titans have the easiest playoff run the rest of the way in, which makes Derrick Henry a pretty appealing pick. Then you got the Packers. Then you got the Lions again. They're on both lists. The Bears also on both lists. And then the Broncos. Broncos running game has been an absolute train wreck. Don't know how many of those guys you're going to be riding come playoff time. But 
teams slash players that are on both lists. We see the Titans, we see the Lions, we see the Bears. Obviously, the Titans, the big one that's going to stick out there. And, of course, Dalvin Cook already on the rest of the season easy list as if he needs any help. Exactly. And the interesting part with this is Derrick Henry's next three games are brutal. Uh, 29-31-29, and bottom three matchups. Uh, So if you can somehow, let's say you're Derrick Henry owners in win now mode in your league and you're, you know, you're in good shape, you're, you're seven and two, eight and one, whatever it might be. And you're heading towards the playoffs. Maybe you can use that to somehow negotiate uh, Derrick Henry, man, like, oh, he's going to struggle these next three weeks. And if you have time to let him struggle against the Colts tomorrow, like do that. Like the Colts have a great run. He's not going to really struggle relatively. Like, you know, he's coming off a seven point day. So maybe just maybe you could use that uh, some leverage here, but this tough schedule, because then he gets in December, Jacksonville, Detroit and Green Bay. (laughs) I mean, ridiculous joke. Jacksonville's the sixth easiest. Detroit's the second easiest and Green Bay is the easiest. Uh, just and you already know Derrick Henry because we just watch football every December, every late November. It's his yards per carry jump from like four point two to five point seven. Uh, the guy just goes completely. He, he really does seem to wear people down. I mean, you, you see this very specific trend, and I don't want to say all his games, but an awful lot of his games where he'll put up thirty three yards in the first half or something, and then he'll go for a buck twenty in the second half. Right. Um, you know, you have to assume it's got something to do with his running style and just his physique that it, eventually it just becomes hard to keep having this guy crash into you. And I wonder if the same thing's happening just over the course of a year as people are starting to get worn down across the league and you've still just got this Von Miller type running back coming at you. I don't know. It's just, it, it does seem to be a pattern that he you know, favors him in the second half of the way home stretch of games, which for fantasy is exactly what you want. And that's, I mean, it's 100% what it is. Remember when he was in this committee with DeMarco Murray, he could never seem to get his footing. It's because you need to feed this dude and let him pound the defense, wear him out. You don't want to be hitting a fucking 260-pound man that runs a 4-5, like, bursts into you time and time again. You're going to get sick of that by the end of the game. Um, And so that's absolutely what it is. And then especially towards the end of the year, you know, playing football myself for a while, by December, like, and it's cold out, those hits hurt that much more. They sting that much worse. The ear hole just rings that much harder. It, it, that just makes that much more sense why a guy like Derrick Henry is that much worse to tackle when the weather's getting colder uh, and everybody's worn down from a long season. That's the last thing you want to see coming down the field. So it makes perfect sense why it happens at the end of games and, and in the regular season. And it's going to happen again this year, especially in the fantasy playoffs with that schedule. The opposite trend, you know, Henry having those tough three games and then an easy end of season. Dalvin Cook has the biggest joke of a schedule for these next three or four weeks. So he'll anybody who owns Dalvin Cook is probably going to win every single game these next three, four weeks. But his playoff schedule does get quite tough. And so I'm not sitting here saying you got to go bail on Dalvin Cook because he has a tough playoff schedule. He's going to eat no matter what he does. But if you could trade, I saw some people DM, you know, I could give Dalvin Cook, I'll get Derrick Henry and Allen Robinson. It's like, dude, oh, I would, I would do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would do it for less than how much less than Allen Robinson. If you can get Henry in some sort of asset, that's going to be in your starting lineup. I, I could see the numbers going crazy for cook uh, with Henry, not doing much these next few weeks. And then just completely flip where Henry is bringing the titles and Dalvin cook is good, but not, you know, great. 
and the injury history, like, you know, you know, Henry's a tank, like nothing's going to happen to him. Dalvin kick does have that, that like pretty legitimate lengthy injury history too. you know, pray. Let's hope nothing ever happens to either of these guys. Uh, but, but I would be entertaining offers. If I can get a Derrick Henry, or if I could get a package, as you mentioned, uh, Aaron Jones, one of the easiest playoff schedules, when this dude has easy matchups, he goes completely bonkers. Uh, I mean, yeah. we saw him already put up 45 against Detroit, earlier this year well that's one of his playoff matchups so you can expect that to happen again you, you get the nice benefit if you trade from this week he faces jacksonville bottom six defense but detroit then carolina which is bottom three so many touchdowns allowed this year and tennessee bottom 10 as well for aaron jones he might be a little bit more acquirable than say a derrick henry and say a dalvin cook i think he's right up there in terms of ability but he's been hurt lately he came back last week and got like 10 to 14, depending on your scoring. So maybe you could throw some offers out. Maybe you could turn Dalvin Cook into Aaron Jones and another usable piece. That, that is something I would definitely entertain, um, no doubt, because of that playoff schedule. I think if you're looking for a guy, the, the must-get guy, sell the farm, it's Aaron Jones, it's Derrick Henry, uh, of course, Dalvin Cook, if you can somehow get him. Uh, but I would be willing to move Dalvin Cook for those guys. Then the last guy you mentioned, you know, DeAndre Swift, such an intriguing talent and just want to mention him because he's on both lists you got the rest of season list and the the playoff list it's a cake schedule the rest of the way there's like one or two tough matchups a lot of shootout style games where they're going to get down early which is going to favor his snaps we've seen those snaps over 40 percent in three straight games which is nothing crazy but much better than what we had seen early in the year so if we get the volume to match the schedule we know the talent's there we've seen it whenever he gets the work he could blow up down the stretch. And right now he would not be hard to acquire given his committee status, given that he hasn't done anything that crazy so far this year. Um, so I, I like targeting him. If I'm a playoff minded rest of season guy that needs an injection, either way, Deandre Swift, uh, depending on what the price tag would be, I don't think it's going to be too expensive. And he, we, we could see the best is yet to come type of like that, that Jacksonville day when he had 27 and a half points that could become more of the norm down the stretch here. So uh, very intrigued by him. Dave Montgomery obviously doesn't matter. <laughs> like right. he's had easy matchups all year, uh, and he hasn't done a, a single thing in them. I the definition of the Krispy Kremes. Um, just to give you, a, I wrote about the running backs today, so I have a little more juice on these guys. Uh, in the three times he's faced bottom ten defenses, he scored a, a healthy, robust seven point nine, eleven point seven, and three point seven. 16 carries, 26 carries, 17. And that's what he's putting up for you. A fucking loser. Absolute bag of shit. Like his schedule, if you can use that to somehow like intrigue someone to get him, look at how easy his matchups are. Derek, you know, we got David Montgomery, pure cakewalk. He's going to go crazy down the stretch. You, you know what I would say if somebody said that to me? Would I'd, say, say, on I'd, say, I'd say, I know what I saw. Yeah, exactly. I don't give I a what shit what that says. All right, exactly. uh, let's go to hard rest of season schedules and we'll see how that intersects with playoffs and if you should care about any of these. Rest of the season hardest schedule is Dallas and it's also the hardest playoff schedule. And the running game's already in the shitter, so we probably shouldn't even much talk about them anymore. Now, for the rest of the season, Seattle actually has the second hardest one, Chris Carson and company. Then Atlanta. Gurley has been a, you know, he's been a surprisingly good running back. Maybe unload him to somebody that's looking. <laughs> number uh, six in fantasy. He's the number six running back in fantasy. And then, then the uh, Giants, who the fuck cares? And yeah. then uh, the Saints. I think we're talking about Kamara. 
And, you know, if we look at the playoffs, the Cardinals after Dallas have the second hardest run than the Bills. These are not teams with particularly scary running games. Now, you know, Kyler Murray aside, when you're talking about the, the Cardinals, then the Steelers, who, you know, honestly, their running game hasn't been good either. Connor's been a pretty big dud. And then the Texans. So, man, I don't know. That, that hard schedule for the playoffs for running backs is not doing much for me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really trying to own a piece of any of those guys anyway. No, not really. It's starting with the rest of the season, guys. I mean, Dallas obviously has gone to shit, like anybody with eyes. But Zeke still is Zeke. He still has name value, and you might be able to use that yeah. to your advantage because I'm just based on the schedule, based on what we, we've seen, what we've seen, <laughs> the quote of the day today. It, it's not going to get any better. In fact, it's probably going to get worse. So if you can get anything for Zeke Elliott at this point – I'm trying to unload him to anybody that thinks they're savvy and is like, okay, Zeke's value is real low right now. Like, let's let's go buy him. No, I, I want nothing to do with him. Use that that name value if you possibly can. Carson, the guys I'm not worried about are guys like Carson, where sure it's a hard run schedule. That's not really why you own Carson, anyways. It's the fact that he's scoring a touchdown every time he's out there because he's in the league's best offense. So I, I don't care so much that he has a hard schedule, but Gurley, you know, on the other end. His value is very touchdown dependent. And then again, against a, he's also seen, you know, third most carries. So strictly volume. He's seen so many easy games so far this year. So I know as you were reading the names, you're like, Gurley could be an interesting one to unload right now based on the schedule. And I totally, totally agree. Third most carries, fourth most total opportunities. And he's been mediocre, 3.6 yards per carry, 57th in the league with it. So not very efficient. It hasn't looked good. Has still ridden that volume in that easy cakewalk schedule so far for the year. Uh, to top six numbers, I think that's going to come crashing down. So if he's a guy that you can use uh, in a package to get one of those Henrys, if you can do, you know, get, you know, Todd Gurley and Allen Robinson and get a Derrick Henry, like I, I would be trying to package him. And I would be trying to package a lot of these guys in the playoffs, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, who's had a solid season, like I, the injury ticking bomb, the the schedule. And then, yeah, of course, David Johnson, nobody wants right anyways. And nobody wants really the Bills backfield. So it doesn't matter. You're not really sprinting to unload those guys. Maybe Zach Moss has a little intrigue. He's, he's picked it up a bit. Um, you wrote about those guys this week, right? I did. I wrote about the Bills backfield. And, yeah. about, and I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to reference the other guy in the Bills backfield right now because I got two questions for you. <laughs> My first question is, do you want to know what Zeke went for in my league? He was just traded uh, a couple days ago, like uh, three, four days ago. Here was the trade. You're you're not going to believe this. Um, The guy with Zeke traded Zeke, Darius Slayton, and TJ Hawkinson and got in return Jonu Smith, David Johnson, and Devin Singletary. Oh, like, I was going to say, there's not really much I want for Zeke. I I would I, like, I mean, that, that, I'll take Zeke. I traded, traded three pretty terrible players for three, even and got Zeke and Hawkinson. Hawkinson's probably the best player in the deal. Probably exactly right. That, that is the best player of the deal. So, I mean, can, so that, I mean, that's kind of goes to what you said. It's like, if you can get Zeke for that, absolutely okay. go for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, if someone's going to just be like, here's garbage. Right. Like, and you're like, okay, we'll do that. Sure. Because um, maybe second, just maybe Zeke can get it done. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he will. But for I that, don't think it he will like, either. But gosh, I mean, like, you, you're you not giving up anything. I'd love to have the guy on my roster. Exactly. I wish the guy had come shopping to me. I could have given him some trash. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know? So, next question I want to know. I've heard you throw out like three hypothetical trades, I feel like, just on this episode. Yeah. And you always keep you're saying like, 
X player, and then you always throw in, and Allen Robinson. Yeah. Why is Allen Robinson your de facto throw-in player in all these hypothetical deals? And What's, we're going to talk about wide receivers in a second. I actually want to get Allen Robinson on my I team. know. I have him. I'm he's like the number here. seven or eight wide receiver in fantasy. Exactly. He's in. Easy schedule. I'm, I'm not looking to get rid of Allen Robinson. So, I mean, I don't like – fucking Nick Foles ever throwing the ball at Trubisky, but he's quarterback proof. Exactly. He we've seen it all time and time again. He's only the only reason I keep throwing him in is because for whatever reason, he's the guy I keep getting asked about time and time again on Twitter, on uh, Facebook yeah, and everything. You he's know guy. I have theories on this because yeah. I shopped him around a little earlier in the year. Not, not because I didn't like his production. I was trying to get other pieces and I throw him in. He seems to be, the receiver that's up at the top, and he is a clear-cut wide receiver one. There's no mm-hmm. arguing about it. That people don't take seriously, right? Like you throw him in there, like, Allen Robinson, shit, give me a break. And I mean, it's possible. I mean, he might even average. Like I, I threw him. I was trying to trade him and somebody else for Tyreek Hill and somebody else uh, a couple weeks ago. It was before Tyreek had, had blown up, and Robinson was outscoring Hill pretty substantially and my other guy was better and the guy was like laughed in my face like are you fucking serious I was, so i mean it's like people don't really seem to respect alan robinson and i'm wondering if you're one of those people no i'm not i he's just the guy on the mind because i've answered about since i released the article about a hundred trade questions i love reddit reddit's been incredible i put it yeah. out there and say i'll answer your questions and we'll get a hundred questions in like 20 minutes it's unbelievable so anybody that's tuned in from reddit on here thank you you guys are awesome yeah. Uh, hardcore niche crew and, and they're great. Uh, but no, I, I just, it's the guy that's fresh on the mind. Yeah. If people are that low on Allen Robinson, I want him. Like I, I love his schedule. Well, we're going to talk about him now. Cause we're going to move to wide receivers and we're going to start rest of the season easy. And then we'll go into playoffs and we got the Rams. Number one, your Cooper cup and uh, Robert Woods and whoever the hell else they got going on. That. Tyler Higby. Don't forget about Wait, well, yeah, I guess he's a tight end. Tight end. Anyway, <laughs> um, we got the bears, Allen Robinson and company. Eagles, uh, possibly intriguing Eagles pick there. We got with Rieger and, uh, you know, some other guys that are now finally healthy. We Travis got Travis Bolgum, too. Yeah, man. The Washington football team. Who's going to be throwing the ball, though, for them? I'm, I'm not probably touching any of them. And then we got Buffalo. Although I heard Stephon Diggs is out four to six weeks. Is that true? Or is, is that, he? or was no, wait, I think it was Diggs on the Cowboys. Never mind. The, the, oh, the defensive okay. player. I saw I that. I saw out. that and I like freaked out and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe no one's talking about it. And, no, then, and then I really had to lead off the show with that. Yeah. And then for some reason I changed it back in my mind right now. Please yes. don't, <laughs> don't panic. Everybody that just, uh, everyone that just drops Stefan Diggs, I'm really sorry. Um, right. And then if you go to rest of, for playoffs, easy, you got the Rams at the top again. You got the Jets. Who cares? If they're not playing the Patriots, they're not going to score any points. And then we got the Bucks receivers. That's intriguing. Chicago's receivers in the playoffs and then KC's receivers ugh, as if they need any help. Right. So, I mean, to me, you're, you're the Bucks very, very intriguing. You already said Brady, obviously he's got the easy scheduling. And we're talking about these receivers with the addition of Antonio Brown, man, some of these guys could really, really, really blow up. Do you, are you interested in the Rams? I mean, the Rams have an easy way rest of the way. Is there a Rams receiver you would specifically want to get your hands on? I, I like both of these guys. I, I love Robert Woods uh, probably a little more than Cooper Cup. Just seems to have a, a higher weekly floor. Um, but, man, Cup had, what, 21 targets the last time he was out yeah. there against Miami? Yeah. Uh, insanity. So I, I like I love both of them. Um, they get Seattle this week, so they get it kicked off right now. And then they get Seattle in week 16, the Jets in week 15, and the Patriots, who we just saw get destroyed by Brashad Perriman and, and co. Oh, so God. 
I, I love the, these Rams receivers. Uh, they, they're going to blow up down the stretch, in particular, 15 and 16 Jets in, in Seattle. Uh, Jaco- Think about like what Jacoby Myers just did to the Jets, and then you put Cooper Cup out of the slot in that similar position. He could go crazy. So whichever one you can get, uh, I would be all about acquiring your Rams guys uh, with that schedule. It's a complete joke. Um, and, and then, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks are tied that they have these. Right. I mean, it's similar lists in some ways, right? Uh, oftentimes a similar list. There's a handful that, you know, the tight end actually has the cake matchups. Um, but good to see, you know, Allen Robinson, we've already talked about a bit. He's he's very intriguing, uh, big body. He's going to destroy the corners. He has lined up. The Eagles guys, though, that those are the guys like Rager still out there in like 70% of leagues. With that schedule, with his talent, you know, with the a potential target share, why is he still so far, you know, so far he's, available? He's on my roster. And, he's, and he should be because of the schedule he's facing. It's a complete cakewalk. Obviously, Fulgham is the number one there, and I like that because he can draw yeah, some of the biggest Good. Uh, Fulgham looks really good. I, I know I was shitting on him and calling him like an Idaho potato like name. Like, I don't even know what the fuck I was calling him. But th- he is so good at the point of attack. It's just a big body and uses that frame well. I, I-, I disrespected him uh, undeservingly. He's he- the more and more I watched him, this guy's actually good. Is, is this um, an apology? Is this an on-air apology? apology? I know he's a big fan, Travis. You know, thank you for still tuning in through the the jokes and the meanness. I appreciate yeah. you sticking it out with the fullback dive. This is an apology to you because you are a good player. Uh, but Rager could even be better. Like that's all. We're, that's just, all we're just talking shit, Travis. Rager has a, a better skill set if he can fully blossom into the number one there. So I love those guys, and I don't think either of them, like Rager, getting widely available. And Fulgham is still Fulgham in the sense of like how I disrespect him. Like who the fuck's a Fulgham? You it's might the same be- way Alan Robinson's getting disrespected. It's just like a level or two below that. Exactly right. The, the perception of him, I think, is a lot different than what the production's been. I mean, the number one receiver since he took over as a starter. Until now, uh, he, he was the number one receiver in fantasy. Like it's it's crazy the production this guy has been putting up. So maybe you could get him for cheap. Um, so I, I am intrigued by this list of easy guys um, from the wide receiver position. As you mentioned, the skins like you got Terry McLaurin, who's who's been a monster. It was a league winner down the stretch last year. I think that repeats itself. And then Buffalo. Uh, it, you, you gotta love Diggs. You gotta love. Gotta Diggs. love Diggs. Who is not injured, by the way? Not injured. The healthy Diggs. Right. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that. So yeah, I, I like all these guys. There's definitely a, the thing with receiver. It's different than like quarterback, running back, tight end because there's there's multiple on the field, right. obviously. And so that means like even if you don't get the number one, the alpha, you can usually find a number two here. You know, Darnell Mooney for the Bears, for example, saw 11 targets. Only 13% owned right now could have a crazy stretch run as a rookie with some real deep speed if he and Foles can ever get on the same page or Trubisky. So I, I like a lot of these guys. Um, you said the Jets too. Get, get rid of the Jets, right? Like I know you saw that yeah. list, like laughed them off. I mean, you know, I don't know. If you have if you have Crowder or whatever, I mean, he's already a, a decent option. And if he's playing a weak schedule, yeah, you're, you're not going to take him out of your lineup. I don't think yeah. you're going to go and try to acquire as many Jets receivers as you can. No, but Perriman, though, this last week. Maybe Perriman. I just still uh, out there, and I get it. It seems gross. But keep this in mind is, is last year when he became that number one for the Bucks, there was literally not a, a person that was more owned and started on championship rosters. Uh, not owned, I shouldn't say owned, but started than Brashad Perriman on 30 percent of championship rosters had Perriman because it was that crazy windfall of injuries. He was out there in every league, and so people who lost God. Evans, that's, that's fair. He can get it done. He, he just showed us he could get it done. So, as a guy that's out there at ninety percent of leagues right now, 
yeah, we got to see him stay healthy. Uh, but I could see Brashad Perriman making some interesting noise down the, the, the stretch run here. And you mentioned the Bucks too. Like, how, what, what do we do with them? It's three alphas. Is it ever? Is one going to actually ever separate? Um, maybe one won't have to when they face this easy of a schedule down the stretch. And then the Chiefs is just like, God bless whoever. Uh, I feel I don't feel bad. It's a league mate of mine, so he's a fucking asshole, a loser. Uh, he traded away. He had Tyreek and Mahomes. And his running back's blue. Jonathan Taylor was his one, which clearly is, is not a good strategy right now. Uh, but he traded away Tyree Kill for Josh Jacobs a couple couple weeks ago. What? And, uh, yeah, horrible, horrible stuff. Uh, awful. And so he could have had this just beautiful connection for the entire phase. He's, he's in position to make the playoffs. Or pre- maybe not now because Jacobs has really started to take his roster. Uh, oh, Jacobs is terrible. He's terrible. 18 targets the next week for, for Tyree Kill. What a loser Nate Berry is. Uh, <laughs> shout out the name there for all the people that are going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash, um, flash his address and stuff up on the screen, too. Yeah, exactly. So Go find him. Drive by his house. Exactly. I mean, I just think that, I, yeah. So I, I think that obviously you're, we already talked about the Rams ad nauseum and, and the Bucks, of course. Robinson's the guy for the Bears. The Chiefs, forget about it. I mean, when we, when we start talking about, I'm, I'm really concerned about the hard schedules that are yeah. coming up because. Seattle rest of the season hard schedule number one number one hardest schedule rest of the way and number one in the playoffs. Uh, I'm, I'm a Metcalf owner, so of course that bothers me. He seems to be basically matchup proof, so maybe yeah, maybe it won't really matter for Metcalf. I don't know it, the rest of the doesn't guys. matter. I mean, well, so here's the deal: they have had a cake schedule so far this year. Yeah. Um, when you have a quarterback like Russell, I don't think it should matter. Uh, but you never know. I guess Tredavious White last week, one of the better corners in the league, he put up 24. So I yeah. do think that calf is just about as matchup proof as they get. But for a guy like Tyler Lockett, who's so boomer bust right now, maybe he could be the one that is still the total points look good, but really it's been like two to three monster games that are really padding those stats. Maybe he could be a piece, right? That I, I wouldn't move Metcalf uh, no, unless I'm, I'm not. blown away. I'm not. I'm not moving that calf. I'm no, not. I want a piece of that. I mean, they throw that ball tight on, like, say, the four yard line, and he just cuts in and they throw slant to him. And it's like there's two other guys there, and he's just like, Give me the fucking ball. Yeah, right. This is mine. And just <laughs> takes it. Child. You, and you're not surprised it. at all. We also have the Chargers, which is interesting because I, I know we talked playoffs, easy schedule the rest of the way, and Herbert was on that list. Uh, as wide receivers matching up, interesting contradiction. You would not think that. But rest of the way, regular season, we like the Chargers, the Broncos. They're kind of surging the right way as well. Dolphins with Tua, maybe Panthers. They already do score quite a few points. These are, these are all kind of interesting. It's a lot of good offenses, so it's good to know, like, oh, man, what if these guys start trending downwards? Keenan Allen's still Keenan Allen. I'm not worried about Keenan Allen. Like, he, he moves around. He gets the, the weaker matchups because he's in the slot so much. I'm not worried about him, but maybe like Judy off this huge breakout game. Everybody's all about Jerry Judy, and they should be. Dude looked unbelievable. He's looked unbelievable all year. He finally just got the volume to back up his play. But with everybody so fucking on his dick right now, and they, again, deserve to they be. On his dick. But this was like a piece that is very valuable, very sexy right now that – could end up underwhelming because he's underwhelmed all year. He's really had one big game, and that big game came against Atlanta, and everybody has big games against Atlanta. So while his shine is as bright as it's ever going to be, I could see his numbers going not not quite as far back as the shit that he was doing earlier in the year, but I don't know that – we're. I think we've seen his best game is how I'll put it. Okay. And so Judy could be an intriguing piece 
that again, I like the package deals. If you have Judy and someone else to go get a, a Tyree kill, like a good running back or a really good receiver plus Judy gets you Tyree kill or something like that. One of these guys are the easy schedule, or maybe you can pawn Judy in, into Robert Woods. Not, you know, that those two are pretty close in people's eyes right now. And I think by the, you know, between what Woods is going to do the rest of the season, and what Judy's going to do, I think those things are going to be quite uh, separate. So I think there's some intriguing sells. Devontae Parker, I get a lot of questions about him. Is he going to turn it around? It's going to happen with Tua. I mean, the, the fourth hardest schedule among receivers and uh, Tua just doesn't pepper him quite like um, Ryan Fitz does. So if there's still name value to Parker, go for him. Uh, I've got a lot of questions like Antonio Brown versus Parker. Give me the upside of Antonio Brown with an easy schedule versus the the downside of Parker in a hard schedule with, with lackluster quarterback play. And then the Panthers is like, what well, you know? What do we do? Uh, it's they they spread the ball so well. Anyways, I don't. I'm not too worried about an offense like no, that. Not either. Um, but but just another reason why if if you can move DJ more, like I don't see him getting it together at all this year. Um, and he still might have name value at some in some circles. At, at this point, probably not. The playoffs, um, well, and the playoffs list is is very similar. We so we don't have yeah. to talk through all these again. The only team yeah. that's different that that shows up is New England, who you're not touching their receivers with a ten no. foot fucking pole. So no. we can, we I don't even feel like we need to really talk about that. No, uh, there there is literally no New England receiver that I would want even talking to anybody on my roster. Exactly. No, for I mean, Stink Myers, like yeah, he he's not starting for for Nat the Truth Jones's fantasy team. I, I I don't blame you either, but the next couple of weeks where the schedule is not ridiculously hard. I mean, the dude just had 14 targets, like <laughs> 14 targets is 14 targets. And he caught 12 of them. And it, it could have been, it should have been 13 if Cam didn't sail that over his head. Uh, so I don't hate Myers 40% target share in back-to-back weeks like he is the alpha. Um, he's the only one Cam looks to. So I, I like Myers as a player, but he's another guy that if his value is high, uh, after these next couple of weeks, if you if your trade deadline doesn't happen, I think his value is going to have another couple of good games. Then Edelman will be back and stuff. So he's another guy that that could build up a little value to to be a movable piece as well. All right, let's move on to tight ends. Rest of season easy. We're going to lead the uh, lead the list with the Bucks again, recurring theme. So Gronk might be a guy to have. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. second, Denver third, Cleveland fourth, Giants fifth. I mean, four of those or at least three of those are, are teams with semi-marquee tight ends if you can even i mean if there's even any of those anymore other than travis kelsey uh their their names people might know for easy playoff schedule travis kelsey actually leads the way which is terrible i mean who cares? it doesn't affect anything you're doing except to just be like ah shit if you're playing against him then we got seattle then we got chicago who do they have jimmy graham yep yeah, and then Jacksonville and then uh, Dallas. So I don't know. I mean, with the tight end being such a crapshoot position, and you know, a lot of people streaming from week to week, shit. Yeah, maybe you pick up Jacksonville or Dallas's tight end. Right. Exactly. I mean, Ebron was one of those guys. Let's go to the rest of season list. Gronk. Yeah. Is that rapport seems to be back. Like, yep. wouldn't be surprised to see him be the the number two, three tight end with the, the landscape the way it is right now. You know, it's Kelsey number one, but if Kittle's not coming back. I Gronk will be a top four tight end by the end of the year, maybe top three from these last few. Yeah, and there's so many weapons there too, but he's going to score a touchdown more weeks than he doesn't uh, from here on out. Ebron, we've talked about his schedule for a while. Uh, I've recommended him as a, a Kittle replacement for, for anybody I could. Um, 
and he's scoring. He's, he's scoring some TDs at this point. So I like Ebron. Noah Fant now with Albert O, torn ACL. Uh, the tight end job all to himself. Uh, Albert O doesn't you – know, who the hell is Albert O in the first place? I know you know him because we've talked we about know him quite a few times. Uh, but the dude did have five end zone targets over the last four weeks. Um, Drew Locke loved him because of that college connection. So this is not insignificant that he's out or that Noah Fant has an easy playoff schedule. He's a guy you might be able to get pretty – well, at the end of the day, again, tight ends like – Who's really trading tight ends? Who's looking for tight ends? Like, there's not a lot of movement. If you have Noah Fant, you're probably not selling him. But maybe somebody has Noah Fant and Robert Tunyon or something like that, and you could try to get one of them and try to, you know, talk them up as they're the same. But Noah Fant could go crazy down the stretch. Austin, a ton of leagues entering today. Uh, his numbers have spiked since his bye weeks by. But with yep. an easy schedule, he, he was one that had 10 points in three straight weeks. Um, five catches in all those games. Like, if you can get five weekly catches from your tight end – you're doing oh, something. Sure. Right. If I could sign up for that right now, like some sort of insurance policy where you said you, you no longer get use out of your tight end position, I will give you five catches. I'm not going to tell you how many yards they're for yep. or anything. I would take it. That's been like, okay. Goodbye. End day of the week. Yep. Exactly. Where do uh, I sign? It, it, he said, give me that. I'll sell my soul for that for my fucking tight end at this point with sure. Jordan Reed, the guy I just fucking started. Uh, and, and that was also that production came with Odell out. So I could see Hooper having a nice, nice stretch here. And then Ebron, who I mean, uh, Ingram, who's who's really a third and tight end target. So the volume we predicted early in the season, I, I know I hyped up Ingram pretty big in the preseason. Um, the volume's been there. The production is finally starting to follow. And Daniel Jones's easy schedule is largely because his tight end has such an easy schedule too. Uh, so I could see Ingram. He's one I that – he's a valuable piece. I really do. I think he's an athletic freak that has still not really hit his ceiling on the year uh, and a guy that a lot of people hate right now because of how bad he's been. He's one that I could definitely see you being able to get for pretty cheap for a, a bench wide receiver um, – that, that could have a very, very nice stretch run. And as you mentioned, Kelsey, the easiest playoff schedule, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking crazy. So, you know, other than that, like Jimmy Graham's having a, actually a, a surprisingly. He's been okay. Nice I mean, he's, he's very touchdown dependent, but mm-hmm. I mean, so are all these guys. Except exactly. Him. And he should be in line to score some more touchdowns uh, with this easier schedule moving forward. So other than that, there's no one on Jacksonville you're looking at. There's no one really in Seattle. Like, uh, well, that's going to be the hardest anyways. Uh, there's, there's no one you're really looking at. Um, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz did get dropped and maybe he he's had a decent couple days recently, but I, I'm come not. On, come on, them. I think this was all just to kind of say like, we'll, we'll, we'll summarize our big takeaways, but on that list of Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones, on that list of Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, Kelsey's on there. Is like if you can somehow sell your farm and get Travis Kelsey as your stretch run tight end, he's going to go crazy. The thing is, that might even be true if he wasn't on this list. Right. I mean, exactly. you might you might be willing to sell your farm to get Travis be. Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We could do at some point, uh, you know, a ranking of most valuable fantasy players. I don't think he's anything. I don't think he's anywhere outside the top five. No, I, I really don't. I think he's, it's that much of an edge and that's not like a hot take. I mean, I've heard plenty of people say stuff like that. I'm just blown away week after week by the discrepancy between him and everybody else. I feel like that happens Nat. every year. Like at the end of the year, we're always not just us. Everybody's always like, 
How big of an edge is Travis Kelsey? If you have him at this point, you're in your playoffs, you're going to your championships, and then he's going to fall oh. around fucking two the next year. And I don't get it. Like, so you're right. My own head. Just, you're you're right. One. You're right. I, but I think that this this year has been more pronounced than past years because yeah. you know last year there was George Kittle. I mean, you know, right. you can make a real case he was the guy last year. It was amazing. I mean, there's always you know there was there was Gronk three years ago or or whatever. Now right. it's just him. And the advantage is there. And, yeah, he, he's a first-round guy. Right. Or he should be. I mean, until something changes, he should be. Uh, when we talk rest of season and playoff hard schedule, I, t- there's not much worth discussing on this list. There's, to me, there's one team on one of these lists yeah. that, that's worth talking about. So rest of season hard, Buffalo, the Rams, the Jets, Cincinnati, Washington. We've talked about, you know, how these all these tight ends, you could interchange them or whatever. You're not you're – not, okay, it's fine. You're not playing any of those guys. No. Uh, playoffs hard. Washington, Buffalo, Miami. Rams are 28th, but 29th is the Raiders. That's the one team that's worth discussing on these lists. Uh, we talked about Waller might be the second guy. Right. He, he so, is your number know. two tight end at this point because he's the, yeah. the only other guy you're getting that type of volume from. Uh, so it's one of those things. Yeah, he has a hard schedule. You're, you're not going to be selling freaking Darren Waller at this no, point. Or just a waivers random guy. No, you're playing him. No, the only thing is if you could get like a, a Robert Woods again, if you have a decent, let's say you own Waller and Ingram or Waller and Ebron, and you have one of these easy schedule guys, this could be that push you need to turn Waller into that valuable high end wide receiver too that that he should be valued at, um, and maybe he does fizzle down the stretch because of that schedule. I don't think he will, but but it is hard and it, it could make him a. He's again so valuable in people's eyes. Maybe this gives him a little trade value. Um, but yeah, none of those tight ends matter. <laughs> Wolf back. Thank you so much. As always, an absolute pleasure to have you guys here to answer your questions and to go over that strength of schedule stuff. If you know, uh, if you want to find us at roastreetjournal.com, we breed and feed fantasy wolves. We have articles on strength of schedule. We have my rest of season big board. You can hit me up personally at Roto Street Wolf. If you have any questions for last minute trades you're trying to get through, I will be live tomorrow with my big, uh, my rankings update, our Thursday night football kickoff. Uh, they've gotten pretty hammered. Teddy Jennings uh, and me have enjoyed some beers together on these. Uh, from a virtual distance and uh yeah we've gotten pretty messed up on a couple of these which is fun so yeah come on join us for the the rankings update tomorrow the the thursday night football kickoff um and then i'll be live for dfs on friday before the sunday tailgate uh where we we hit all your set starts so thank you guys so much for tuning in you listen to the podcast the fancy fullback dad we paved your path to 2020 titles thank you so much for listening there reviews and subscriptions on the pod and on youtube mean the world to us we're like Five, I think like, I think we're a seven or eight away from a thousand on YouTube. So even if you don't use YouTube and you want to just help the boys out, like get under your mom's username and subscribe. Exactly, get us to a thousand, baby. Um, but thanks again, guys, so much. I'll see you guys uh, later this weekend or later this week. I, of course, am the Wolf. I'm the Truth. Later, guys. See ya. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 At least we stole the show.
Clemson football right there, folks.